Howie and Boyd present Two Jews Kibitzing. Welcome back, H and B, H and B, Howie and Boyd Kibitzing. Um, we just got back from a ride. We did because that's another thing we do. We uh, don't want to reveal too much, though. No, it was a bicycle ride. It was a bicycle ride to a very local bicycle joint. Yes, that, that had that was busy know, today. Uh, over a, at least over a hundred bikes. Yes, and uh, I mean the one I, we ride pedal bikes, but uh, street glides were in effect. I want one of those. You're going to buy one for me when we go to Vegas? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so he wanted to talk about last time um, parent emails and, and correspondence, and I want to talk at this time about um, just the state of education in California and our school and our district and just the state in general. Bring it. Okay. So one thing that, that really started me off on the getting pissed off at these fuckers was um, I don't know what we have advanced classes, right? Correct. And we have just the regular classes, and we have the we had the non college prep classes that really tried to gear kids or get them ready for high school and, and actually take harder classes. Well, I think you should even back up a step there and <clears throat> start with the the what's coming down from the district that everybody is H through G, A through G. That's what I said. H H A. H. There were drinks at the place we went to, were, so that's good. Were. Oh, I need a drink. I don't need a drink. Okay, I'm gonna look real quick while 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 you just tell us what happened with the A through G. You can edit out the H part. Uh, I will not edit out the H part because that makes sense. Um, you you explain what A through G is real quick for those who are. Well, uh, A through G is the expectation that everybody that is in in a high school is college bound. Right. And I think that's probably the simplest way to put it. And uh, A through G requirements are by the state of California for the UCs and Cal States um, requirements in order to get in, just get in. Like the, the basic requirements. The minimum. Minimum requirements of taking uh, three years of English, uh, three years of math, two years of science, which is always expected to be more, um, and certain social science and certain uh, other foreign language and um, fine and practical arts. Right. So they have to take a certain amount of classes in order to just be eligible. So the word eligible and prepared are two totally different things, right? So if you take two years of science and three years of math, you might be eligible to go to a UC, but are you prepared to go to UC? In no way, shape, or form. No, and we're kidding ourselves by our district. Our district made a comment. One of the board members said, I, we want our district to be the number one district in California. What? By making every kid A through G eligible, and it just doesn't prepare them. So what did they do? Got rid of non-college prep classes, okay, except for fine and practical arts, um, and we're reducing the number of um, what were not ROP classes, but what are those types of classes like like uh, culinary and auto and wood shop and non-college prep? I don't know. No, no to get you into a, um, a trade. What, what, there's a term for it. Remedial? Not remedial. No, 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 not remedial. No, because kids don't have to go to college, right? Right. Um, in fact, right now we have a teacher, um, a tall dude that's kind of a douche. Um, he made a comment the other day at lunch, which is perfectly fine. His kid didn't go to college because he's going into video editing stuff, and you graduate four years of college and you paid one hundred twenty thousand um, dollars. 
it doesn't do anything for you if you're not in that trade. If you have spent four years working on your craft, you're much more hireable yeah. than, than the other people. Getting so, practical skills, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that'd be the practical arts part of it. Um, but that was our mistake by our district number one. Um, everyone has to be A through G or is moving towards A through G requirements or eligibility, but it doesn't make them prepare for college. And that's not just our district. That's kind of a universal thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. But so then they made this move because they want to be the best district. Um, we had advanced classes that you don't get a bonus point for. And they decided to turn those into UC honors courses. And they got them approved as UC honors courses. Well, they fucking retroactively gave those that graduating senior class four years ago who didn't take any honors classes, but they might have been the advanced classes. They gave them a fucking bonus point, And it wasn't, I mean, just because now they call it honors classes, they retroactively gave them three years of bonus points just so they could say that their GPAs in this district. Towards are, their GPAs. Yeah. And that's why, consequently, we can have students that are, that are graduating with a 4.7 GPA. How many of our graduating class, and we have a big school, we talked about it before. Um, so how many kids- Are valedictorians. Are valedictorians. How many, so we have over 3,000 kids at our school. So there's at least 700 kids graduating every year. And what percentage of them are valedictorians? 20%? At least, right? We gave them a different color robes. They wear those purple robes right. because, right? It has to be. I don't know. I don't know what the exact percentage be, is. It has to be 20% of the kids over 4.0. What does that say? First of all, it's, it's, it's lying to the colleges that, that we're sending them to, right? And they did it because, oh, well, this district, they gave honors for this whatever. But it doesn't matter. Like you... That's that's the killer part. You retroactively give these kids, you give them a grade. Now they had a three point eight. Now they all have a four point two. It doesn't it doesn't make us any better than those other colleges. Um, so I, I think that's in my mind number one is giving all these things. Then they gave the ROP courses. Some brilliant person just dropped said, "Well, they're ROP courses. All of those ROP courses get a bonus point." Did you know that? I did not know did that. Did you know that advanced auto at our school gets a bonus point? We have advanced auto. We I know we have auto, but we I have didn't a, realize we have we advanced have a auto. Kick-ass auto program, I think. And and really, it that that thing focuses on the kids that maybe not they that aren't college prep. Yeah, they're, they're not. That shouldn't be. That have no desire, no interest in going to college, but they should be learning a trade. And they do, and they're really good at it. Like they can get they can get actually through our local um, uh, JC. They can add that to their advanced autoing and get a certificate, which they could walk, graduate and walk right into a mechanics job. Perfect. These kids are very skilled at what they do and they're awesome um, at what they do. But do they get a, a academic bonus point for being in that course? It's a joke. So we have that course. We have a course in our science department that is not for the highest level kids. They get a bonus point. Actually, two of them get bonus points because they are, we now call them CTE. I know that's a cranial right. thing. But, um, Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Encephalitis. Yeah. So, but they all get a bonus point. So all those courses now that are one step above the beginning courses get a, get a bonus so point. So what is your issue with this? That we're overinflating grades. That, that... But everybody's doing it. So wouldn't, shouldn't we be doing it? Oh, God, that is such... A, when did a fucking average become a B? That's also... That's another thing. C is average. What do you give the average kid? 
Let's see, D is passing, so C is average, B is above average, and A is a really good student. Now, if I have less than a B average in one of my um, accelerated classes, I get, I get shit on because I should have above a B average if it's an accelerated class. Well, that gives them a, an A. That gives them a 4.0 because they get the bonus point. So is that okay? I mean, that's the state of California as far as what we're doing right now. When did C not, when is C not average anymore? So what is your issue with this? What? Be, why, does, why, why do we have to have a B average? What, why is that a thing? You don't have a problem with that? I thought you would fucking I have a huge problem with that, but... Expectations, how about that? But it's, it's all in terms of... I think there's a lot of factors that you have to, to bring into the mix here. The, the perception, the public perception of what's going on in public schools, the, the drive for parents to have schools of choice, the drive for charter schools, right. all of these things that are influencing our, our administrators, district level administrators, our board members to, to manipulate it so it appears that the schools are more successful than they right. are. It's a, it's a total manipulation, right? If I send a kid with a 4.2 at our school, to UC Berkeley, I think UC Berkeley has a, a thought that this kid is going to accelerate at their, I mean, be, be a high level kid at their school. To excel, yes. To excel. And yeah, that's why I said accelerate. Yeah. <laughs> right through there. Um, but they're not going to. If you get a 4.2 kid at our school, they're not going to be an all-star at Berkeley. And what the fuck is, what is that? I don't get it. Like that's, that's, that's a, a big beef that I have. Well, and, and I agree with you, and, and my issue is that by inflating grades, um, that we're just not, the kids that, that have, they're just not academically inclined. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say right now. Um, by inflating grades, these kids are not prepared for the rigors that they're going to experience at the collegiate level. Right. And they, so then, then our kids who have a 4.0, maybe they have a 3.8, we have them set certain goals when they apply to colleges, right? They have their reach, which is Harvard always, or Berkeley. They have their Harvard, dream school. The dream school. Harvard, Stanford, Berkeley, maybe Princeton if they want to move to the East Coast. Um, and then they have their, I can, I can get there goal. And then they have the fallback, right? Yeah. I don't, we have certain, safety school, the safety school, they call it, but their safety school is UC Santa Barbara. Their safety school is UCLA. They're not going to get into those schools. And then we have... And doesn't it shock you, however, that the kid that you had as a student who you knew was, was very average, was not, an, was not an accelerated student, that they actually are getting admitted to those schools? Does that shock you? That shocks me. Oh, it would shock me, but I, I don't remember any of those cases. I'm on the other end. Did I, they really get admitted? I just found out within the last two weeks, that two students who were nice kids, well, one of the two was nice, um, and very, very, you know, in, in an advanced honors type class, mediocre. very mediocre, both got accepted to, can I say the name of the school? Yeah, yeah, for sure. To NYU. Really? Yes. Now, is it, okay, so we'll, we'll bring this back to and is I, it NYU accepting a certain amount of out-of-state kids because they have to pay three times as much in tuition? Well, and that's what I'm wondering because I, I've had former students that the one that I just met right. with today yeah. is, is graduating from NYU who is stellar. 
who is phenomenal. And I'm thinking, wow, these two kids that are that have been accepted, they're they're not anywhere in the in her league. Do they? I don't know what does NYU. I don't get it. Like, so is there going to be a point at which these colleges that are now accepting our students, based on previous students, probably like, hey, this kid came from your school before; they were awesome. This kid now has the ex- inflated GPA because four years ago we didn't have that inflation. They had the same GPA. Do they do they accept them based on previous students that we sent? And that's what I'm talking. That's part the of the reputation of our high school, right? Because four years ago we had API in California, mm-hmm. right? Which, which, um, for those who don't know, parents and, and whatever administrators know this, API basically compared your school to similar schools, and they said, "Hey, this kid was an all-star at your school, and similar schools are awesome, so this kid is an overachiever." Versus if you were in a different subset of schools and they had the same GPA or class rank, well, those kids' overall scores and all have never compared to this group. Well, we got rid of API in California, which I think is another huge mistake. Mm-hmm. How do you take a kid from our school and compare them to a school that is a lot less rigorous? And probably because of socioeconomic status, that school's lower. So right. they have other things happening in their lives that they just can't perform as well, but, but they're all-stars at their school. Well, they're not compared academically to an all-star at our school, but they got rid of that. Yeah. So now how do you compare kids? I don't have an answer for you. Okay, so I'll answer. Okay, you answer. Right now, you compare them with SATs. And and obviously... And what's happening now? SATs, at least you at the UC, right, they're, they're, there is talk that they are going to discontinue using that as a barometer. Right. So, so here we go. We have kids at different schools. They have uh, equal GPAs. There's nothing to compare the schools to each other. And now we're getting rid of a, a test um, for good or bad that would actually normalize them, mm-hmm. right? So these kids both got a 1420 on their SAT and they both have high GPA, so they could be equal. Well, we get rid of the SAT and now that 4.2 at our school and the 4.2 at a school that's not as rigorous as ours, how do you compare them? Yeah, You, you tell me. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer Come for Come on. I do not. Howie. No, you, you tell me. I don't know. That's the problem is first we had API, which was good. So you look at an SAT score, you look at an SAT score, but you also look at the, the GPA because it's every kid at EUC is a number. They plug it in, right. they type it in, they go, okay, well, you got this on your SAT, you got this in your GPA, and you're in this API. Shit, you're an all-star. You're in. Well, you have exactly the same numbers except for the, the GPA doesn't really count as much because you're in a less regular school. Now what do they do? I'm just wondering, because I was reading an article about this recently um, where there was a student who hadn't done well on the SAT, but had had a, an accelerated grade point and got into college and 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 did well. Right. Um, but I'm just wondering to what extent our colleges, once a student is in, they're doing everything they can to keep that student enrolled. Right. So SAT issue, I I totally understand. The kids especially the rich kids in our district, they can go to an SAT prep class. They could boost their SATs by 100, even 150, 200 points. And what does it cost to take the SAT? They're like 70 bucks. And, and, and in, in many instances, these kids are taking it two, three, four times perhaps? Yeah. And, and kids who are in a you know, socioeconomic disadvantaged situation, they can't do that. Right. Not only can they not take the prep classes, but they can't afford to take the test three, four times. Multiply. So, I mean, and I, I have heard of a district that pays for all their students to take the SAT, which is great. 
but you need to pay them to take the SAT practice course to really keep it even. Um, I think Khan Academy is awesome. Now, there's a caveat there, right? Khan Academy, free SAT prep, the college board now links with Khan Academy. So you take the, Bella just took the PSAT, you take the PSAT, you type in your college prep number. Did she already get her results back? Yeah. Yeah? Um, just out of curiosity. I know, I know. I have to Did okay, it. did oh? Did okay, it was like 1240 or That's something. why it's a PSAT. It's her first, yeah, yeah. first time taking it. Um, but what's cool is Khan, you type in your college board number and Khan links it to your test and they actually know what questions you didn't do, didn't do well on. So now it, it sets your SAT practice and okay. it's free. Yeah. But, but you have to have a computer, yeah. an iPad, and a phone. Wi-Fi. And, and time. Yeah. And these kids who are, some of these kids in really low income areas, they're watching their two brothers and sisters. They're, they're, they might have a job on the side to help the parents out. Parents aren't even there to say, hey, get on the Khan Academy and do this. So you're gonna have the awesome kids. Put so them- you're making an argument as to why SAT should not be used but to- But how do we still compare the kids? No, I'm just saying, I yeah. get it. I understand why the state of California is doing that. And it, it is, if you, if, you, if you read why their decision is doing this, it is to, it is because it is a disadvantage to kids in lower income areas because they have other stuff going on. But they already do let in a certain amount of students, the high level kids at those schools. I just, I just don't get how you now compare the kids. If you get rid of all of the stuff, I mean, if you kept the API and got rid of the SAT, fine, that's great. Now your API compares it and you're only compared to those groups, you know, in the higher economic status and the, the rigorous courses and number of AP courses at their school. There's a whole bunch that goes in that, in that formula. Um, but they got rid of that and they're going to get rid of the SATs. So now what do you go by like letters of rec? Because I know your letter of rec for Berkeley wasn't as good as mine because my kid got in. Hey, but my letters of rec for both of these kids got into NYU, so I must be doing something right. Yeah, but you said they're shitty kids. No, I didn't say they're shitty kids. Oh, no. I said they're perfectly average. Mediocre. They're, 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 they're nice kids. They, they they're have not taken really... a fairly rigorous academic, but they're not all-stars, and I thought all-stars got into NYU. Yeah. Uh, I just, I think the whole, I don't know. I'm First, I think that we have done well in the state of California with things like standards, right? First, we started, like for, for me, the California State Science Standards. Because you're Joe Schmo at one school, you're teaching fucking plants and you're going out to the river every day, right? Because we're in Sacramento. And you go to the Sacramento River and you observe the fish. And in my class, we were drilling down to the macro level and your A in your class uh, was all about the river study and mine was about the you know more important stuff. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, but, right, I mean, the standards got us all teaching the same thing. Yes. Not all testing the same way, all that stuff. And now we have the we have what's called the Next Generation Science Standards, which is a, a, another good move towards the nationwide standardization of what we're teaching. It's confusing as fuck. If you read this shit, you would be like, I give up. And most older teachers, and now I'm going to consider myself an older teacher, you look at it, and it's just like this. You got to go here and here and do this and integrate this and whatever. And I, we got to hire some new teachers because they understand it to teach the old people. So that's good. But the average now being a B, getting rid of SATs and, and comparative stuff, and our district saying that we want to be the best and making every kid's college prep is, a, yeah, I think, is a mistake. Yeah. Um, but do you think or not think that our standards? as a teacher or a school have gone way down from what to expect for your class. Our expectations? Expectations. Expectations. Completely. Completely, Completely. right? Like I've said this in the last episode, you were told, hey, 
You're going to back off a little because someone else is teaching you, right? I mean. Well, and, and unfortunately, it's a matter of having very high standards, but kids not willing to to want to work hard. It's a matter of kids saying, I'm not going to take that class when I'm when I'm a sophomore. I'm going to skip it because it's too hard. And I'm going to I'm going to take advanced classes as a junior because they're easier. And here's here's the thing and I'm going to throw and and just to follow up on that. So consequently, to make sure that that I keep the numbers of kids coming into my class as sophomores to keep those numbers up, I've had to reduce your standards. Well, I've had to, yeah, to, to minimize my expectations. So when, I, lessen my expectations. when I started teaching in our district 20 years ago, we came in as the science teacher at the science course that I teach, um, really high standards. And we had the non-college prep class as well. And I, I started teaching all non-college prep. And then we, we moved it all recently to all college prep. And the standards of our original um, uh, department chair, mm -hmm. um, you know. I know who he is. Right, okay. Um, also rides bikes. Um, he had his standards for everything way up here. And when I came in, I was like, wow, that's pretty intense. It didn't have to do as much with the content as the expectations of, like when you wrote a lab report, you had to have 1.4 inch margins and you had to have it in this font. And he would deduct I mean, your, your grading class might be, if you're an A kid, based on just the formatting of your lab reports. That's yeah. why you got an A minus. Which, which I don't agree with necessarily. I don't agree with at all. So we kind of I mean, came down on him a little bit like, hey, look, you're not, you're not judging on their content knowledge. You're judging on their lab report write-ups and, and how they're, they're formatted. So that changed. And then from that point forward, everything that he had was way up here. And it started coming down because the rest of us weren't doing that. And looking back, all of our standards, we have changed our tests to make them so much easier. What we call the science class I do now, it's not the same as what we were teaching 20 years ago. It's just not. Like our expectations of the kids are lower and we're giving into what, you know, parent fights about this and this and that. And we read that fucking book, The Homework Myth. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing I was going to bring up is, is one of the, the issues was that in my instance, for, for example, that the class was so demanding that they, they were doing hours and hours and hours of homework exclusively for my class, you know, nightly. Right. And what do you think about that? I mean, were you there, right? Well, you know, again, 15 years ago, sophomores in high school weren't taking two or three AP classes. Right. Um, typically they would take one and maybe their junior year they would take two and now by the time they're juniors, they're taking five AP classes. That's the expectation now, is that juniors, because that's like the sophomore and junior year is the main year, you gotta take those five AP classes to get your bonus points and to also, it's ridiculous, right? So I did the math with Bella, um, and, and as a teacher, I, I feel guilty a little bit, but we're, we're working, we're, we're gonna play the numbers game, right? So because now she could take, as a sophomore, instead of taking the AP course in science, she took the honors course. You get the same bonus point right. for your GPA. Um, but is it because? You, it's because of time. It's because of time. My kid swims five hours a day. There's just no time for it. Well, and, and along also. With the other AP course that you teach. Well, and teacher. also though, and, and you know this only because you have the luxury of being at the school, that you know that the AP class, that the teacher is not necessarily. Right. 
of the highest caliber. Well, she ha- she has the same teacher, but for honors. Okay. And she's the top of her class, number one. Yeah. In her class for the for the for honors version with the extra points, same as the AP. She doesn't have enough time. And then there was another course she took over the summer mm-hmm. with, and she did it for two reasons. She did not have a room schedule, like we said before. She's in she 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 plays the flute. <laughs> she's in band, um, the highest level band, and she uh, swims. So there was no room in her schedule for 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 a foreign language course. So she took it at our local JC. Which was it a joke? Uh, it was. She got an A. I don't think she can speak any Spanish. It counts as your first year course and your second year course in high school. It was a summer course that counted for two years of high school. Now she did take that foreign language her freshman year, mm-hmm. which our next kid is not going to take. Honestly, we're going to play the numbers game with this because it turns out if you take that course at a local JC, it counts as first year and second year foreign language. Two years in one summer. So, so, and it, and, and you remove that non weighted grade from your transcript. Right? You see what I'm saying? You take one course, it's a one semester course required by the district over the summer. Right. Right? That um, our friend's uh, wife teaches. My kid's gonna take the other one at our local JC, and those are the only two unweighted, and unweighted I mean, um, you don't get the bonus point for that. My other kid took her freshman year. The Bella took her freshman year. Um, you take that off your schedule, and now all you have your freshman year are five point classes. So Bella taking that year and a half because one is a semester course of those non-weighted classes in her transcript. If she gets all A's from here on out, what we've planned through, she'll graduate with a four point eight one. Now our scholar scholars last year had less than that. The other kid coming up, if she if if you work this system, which right. is what it, which parents is what are it's doing, down. Yeah. she'll graduate with five. So why are you doing it then? Why are you fucking working the system? Because it's easy to do, and they, they allow us. to And do is it. that the lesson that we want to teach our kids? Yes. Just take the short, easy way it's, out. It's not the easy way. This, I mean, those that course as a as as a without taking that original foreign language course. Look for shortcuts. Is what you're saying? No. Cut I, corners. I'm saying I'm gonna I'm gonna. Because like you said, this is coming back to what you said with the district. If other districts are doing the honors courses, why isn't ours? If other kids are doing that, why shouldn't mine? All right. So let's remove your kids from the equation right now. Okay. Okay. My nieces. Yes. Let's let's remove them from the equation. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with this? It's all a fucking game. That's what's wrong with it. What's What's the solution? Well, let me, let me add this. I don't think that my kid by doing that is going to miss out on any education at our school because she will take, she'll take a fine and practical arts instead, which I think is great. My other kid, Bella won't, can't take any, well, no, she plays a flute. So that counts fine and practical arts, but she won't be able to take an art class or photography class or a yearbook because she can't fit it in her schedule. So by doing this, my kid as a freshman actually gets to take other classes. So and for her art, you know that. I mean, yeah. you go up and check out her stuff. She loves it. Like she will. She's a fucking book nerd, and she draws all day. So by getting her into an art class with one of my favorite people, <laughs> who used to teach science, yeah, um, she'll get to do the art. Which a lot of kids. I. I mean, when I was in high school, I never did any fine and practical art class. None. We didn't have a requirement of it before. I took nothing. 
So she'll be able to, as a freshman, get in an art class and do her artwork, and that doesn't that doesn't affect her academic GPA. Right. But the foreign language does affect your academic GPA. So, so I'm all of this, all of this, you know, shouldn't what we do be trying to nurture kids to have a love for learning? Yes. I'm, or, or am I just on fucking? Absolutely. But you're an artist, and what if you couldn't? What but, if? You... But just. See, I, I sprung that on Howie, by the way, because I want to get him going. Shouldn't we be encouraging kids to develop a love for learning? Shouldn't we be encouraging kids to, to be less anxious, yes. anxious and, and, and overwhelmed and uptight about a, a letter grade? I know. It's ridiculous. Well, no. My kid won't know, my little kid. And actually, the older kid doesn't really know why we're, like, how that really affects everything. The little kid won't know at all. All she'll know is you take Spanish at the JC. Here's the foreign language course. Spanish at the JC, and you get to take art. And she wants to take art. She she'll have swim. She'll have band. Well, I know she'll have orchestra. She plays violin, um, and she'll have all the other classes. So there's no room for for that other class. And she'll have the same thing. I honestly, it's an impacted schedule because most kids don't do. A sport and band. Like you are either a bando right. or you're a sport kid. And my kids do both year round. So for her, she'll be able to take art. And there'll be one class that the acad like she won't have to study for every day because that's a problem too. And like you said, these kids are so fucking stressed out. Like how many suicide attempts or suicides have we had at our school um, in the last five years? It's crazy. Yeah. Right? Anxiety, depression. Anxiety, depression. They're in the hospital for a month. Um, Panic attacks. Yeah. And it's like, wh why? Because their older brother went to Harvard. And you know, you probably know which one I'm talking about. And so the sister freaks out, is in the hospital for months, like commits, yeah. like not, doesn't, well, we've had some suicides at our school. All right. So, so I'm going to turn this on you. Okay. Those that are critics of public education. I have that what on do here. You, what do you tell them? I have that on here too. Private being, schools. Being a truce. public educator. How do you how do you sway someone who who says public education is you know is the problem? They're the problem. Uh, so my kid went to a very small uh, K eight school. Okay, we're, get your kid out of the equation. No, no, this is exactly what you're talking about. Okay, and in the the sixth through eighth grade, we have middle schools. Um, I, I'm not kidding. There are local. They're in our district. But the sixth through eighth graders at that little school, at least 40% of them went to our local Catholic school, even if they weren't Catholic, because they had some idea that public education is shit. And it's not. It's, it's your kid is going to find their spot at their school, especially a big school like us. If they are the highest achieving kid, they're going to be with only high achieving kids, and that's what they're going to focus on. Well, how do you, how do you then, I mean, you're contradicting yourself because no. you're saying kids are stressed out and they're depressed and they're anxious and, and they're committing suicide. You're talking about private schools. No, I'm talking about public, public schools. We have a wide variety of kids, and there is a huge pressure on every kid, and it's, I would put it all on the parents. If I could talk to every parent and say, and, and someone told this to me before, there is a, a there is a college if your kid wants for every kid, and if we 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 start we start off freshman year saying that there is a college out there for every single kid that wants to go to college. Do not shoot for Berkeley in California, Berkeley, UCLA, Stanford. Why would you put that on your kid? Tell them it's it's okay 
to get into UC Santa Cruz and you're going to have a fucking awesome time. Like why? Why no state schools? Okay. Okay. Chico, UC Santa Barbara. No, we said that. We said that before. Did we? Yeah. Okay. Plus you're, you stayed local going to Chico yes. and I moved down south a little bit and I'd fucking move back there if I could. Um, but it's way too expensive. Um, greater Sacramento area has many more opportunities to buy houses. So, um, no, state schools, public schools, um, move down to move Southern California, go to Cal State Long Beach. I've heard that's an awesome place to be. Um, San Luis Obispo, I mean, beautiful, yeah. right? San Diego State. Yeah, San, San Diego State. Um, move out to the Redwoods somewhere, just, you know. Well, and it's what I've tried, how I've tried to counsel students for years and years and years and years that college should be not about the reputation and not about what you think is a means to an end. It should be about what is the right environment for you. Right. And, and our buddy, um, his kid, his kid's focus, and he goes to UCLA now. He, I mean, he really wanted to be at, at a at a football school. Um, he couldn't go to UCSB as a football school, and and that's where his dad went. We were buddies in, in at UCSB, so um, too bad their football team sucks. UCLA, yeah, they <laughs> suck. They suck. They suck hard. Good, good decision um, on that one there. Yeah, but but. His, his focus was go anywhere in the nation with a good football school because he went to a bunch of places that had football schools and he wanted to be part of that sort of thing. There is somewhere out there for every kid and it turns out most kids, wherever they go, if that's where they want to go, they love it, even if it's a shitty school, right? We have a, we have a swimmer from Sacramento that went down to Fresno, not so far away. Um, uh, universe, is it universe? No, it's Cal State Fresno. As a swimmer, Loves it. Am I Fresno? Are you fucking kidding me? But she loves it. Like she had a certain program that she wanted to get into for nursing. They had it there. She's a swimmer. She went there. She's number five on their swim team, and they have an awesome time. And they're actually D one. I don't know. So what are we trying to say here? Well, we went off to like students choosing public schools. What? What? How are we trying to say that public schools? Our First of all, private schools are bullshit. My, my, we grew up with neighbors in a, in a relatively high-end area. They went to the local elementary school as a, as a private school. They thought it was fucking amazing because it's a private school. Well, they came, they moved to my high school. And they sucked at everything except for geography. No one knows geography. It's like the fucking kids on the spelling bees. So, so how do we... You're trying to sell the public on, on why public education doesn't deserve the bad rap. I don't see that it, it gets a bad rap. It gets a bad rap. From our area where we live in super conservative area, that's the only place it gets a bad rap from, I think. What, what tell me from from it doesn't Betsy matter. Betsy DeVos. It doesn't matter. DeVos? Yeah, no shit. Well she's a fucking idiot. Well, no kidding, but but I wanna hear what what are your selling points? About public education? Yes. Number one, we're Jews. It's free. Right? Because we have friends that spend on that Catholic school more than they're gonna spend if they're going to go to a private school. Keep going, keep um, going. $34,000 a year or something like that. That's, that's that higher tuition than most you see. But if you're, that's where you want to go because you want to go to a freaking private school in college, it's the same thing. Um, they have the best teachers that are actually credentialed. How about that? Public schools have credentialed teachers. If you go to a private school, they don't have to have any credential to be there. Right? I'm listening. Okay. Um, so number one, you have highly qualified teachers. In fact, we get audited every few years to make sure that we are quote 
highly qualified, um, that we've taught enough, that we keep up our um, development hours, that we do all that stuff. Are you looking at our No, no, keep going, tuition. keep going, no. Um, for, by the way, if you're non-Catholic, it's like 50 grand a year, which is crazy. Um, so free, best qualified teachers. You also get to be with everybody, right? You can't kick a, we can't kick a kid out of our school because they have issues. Okay. So, go ahead. No, no. I, I was, because I was, I was thinking about this the other day. All right, so I want uh, you're going to counter all of these things. Got it? I, I could. Okay. Good or bad, I'll counter whatever right. you fucking give me. Now this is pro homeschooling, private schooling. Uh, okay. Are you? All right. Yeah, go ahead, right. dude. Number one, because nothing motivates the children to learn like a standardized test. Wait, that's the reason for what? That's the reason why homeschooling sucks. Why homeschooling sucks? Okay. These are all. Wait, these counterpoint are, arguments. That's right? a terrible argument. Well, fuck. So in other words, in other words, this is these are people who are who are advocating homeschooling. God, because nothing motivates a child to learn like a standardized test. Or how about this one? How about this one? Because if we just spend a little bit more money, public school is bound to work. Really? Because let's see. Because how about this one? You like this? Because we never have a level playing field as long as homeschoolers keep overachieving. They're the worst kids. <laughs> Look at if you send a homeschool kid. Because to bullies build character. Is that these are people saying? This is like a fucking. All right. The name of the article. Sarcasm. In the name of it's it's True Aim. I don't know what kind of an organization that is. I probably should have done my research. But it says the the title is Thirty Five Reasons to Outlaw Homeschooling. So it's all of these very kind of tongue-in-cheek sort of uh, yeah. reasons. It's all sarcasm right, so, against Yeah. Um, here, how about this one? Because homeschoolers aren't social, they have little interest in sex, drugs, and alcohol. Oh. <laughs> or because who will authorize bathroom visits? Oh, my God. Because learning fuck? to sit down, shut up, and follow instructions is essential in any democratic society. These are these. This so these are the kind of wackos that we're gonna, you know. Okay, so homeschooling, I think, is great for certain people. If you're throwing fists in my class, get the fuck out of my class. Homeschool the kid. See what happens. I had that one girl, the holy moly girl. Um, she's homeschooled now. She was a mess. So I was watching this. This. Um, this. Doesn't matter what I was watching. I was watching, um, and and we, you and I, were talking about Billie Eilish. Yeah, I love right? Billy Eilish. Homeschool. Yeah, homeschool. There are there are certain kids. If you have, if you're a freaking, if you're a fourteen year old creative is, genius, creative genius. Um, she's seven. I don't know how old she is. Great. You have other stuff going on. That you, I mean, it's kind of like what I was talking about. Bella's schedule. Nothing fits in her schedule. So this is what she has to do. If you are on the ATP circuit, if you are playing professional tennis at 15, you have to be homeschooled. Right. You can't you can't travel to 50 different tournaments a year and be at a public school. We've had at our school multiple Olympians who they might sh they might be at our school for one or two classes and they are homeschooled for the rest. That is perfect, right. you know? Um, I I think homeschooling has its perfect pur purpose, but every district now including ours gets their uh, ADA, their uh, daily money, 
if we have people enrolled in our homeschool, I don't know what's called academy or somewhere where they meet once a week with a thing so we get paid for it. And we are enabling these parents who, oh, that's an option to stay home with their kids and homeschool. And homeschooling is, they're not going to have five teachers that are experts in their field teaching them. And, and to further comment on that, the kids that we've had who have been homeschooled come in such a low level. Not only, not only academically do they come in at such a low level, socially, socially fucktards. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and it's no, it's incredible. Like they can't even speak to other kids. And what we're trying to do in the public schools is to prepare, you know, our students for what they're going to encounter Right. In society. Correct. It's, it, we don't just teach our content. We, we don't just sit there and just teach our content. We make the kids work with other kids. And a kid will come to you in a group project and say, I just can't work with them. And I'll say, guess what? You're going to be in your cubicle at whatever job, and you're not going to be able to work with the guy next to you. And you have to. Right. So, we, we, yeah, so socializing these kids is a huge part of what that we doesn't do. doesn't happen in a homeschool. Yeah. And, or, you know and it doesn't happen, I would argue, to the extent in a private school. Because what that, yeah. private schools can do is they can, anytime there's there's a shithead, they can get rid of the shitheads. Right. And we can't. And yeah. I think that's a total bonus for us is that we have to teach the entire spectrum and even the kids that are on the spectrum, right? We have to teach the lowest level kid who has problems at home to the highest level kid who is going to Harvard. And we, we, we have to allow them to work with that whole group. Now, obviously, they're segmented in their different advanced classes or honors classes right. that they're in. But still, you have to learn to work with everybody. And you have to learn to work with the system. Like, you have to learn to shut the fuck up in class. And if you are homeschooled, you don't have to shut the fuck up if you're yelling at your parent. Um, if you are in a private school, you don't have to shut the fuck up because your parent is going to pay an extra $10,000 and donate to the school or a hundred thousand dollars to get their name in the back of the outfield. And when the teacher tells you to shut the fuck up or the nun comes and slaps your hand anymore, well, dad comes by and gets rid of the the teacher. Right. Um, which my, I have lots of siblings, but, um, two of my siblings went to a private school and they had a meeting with the parent every or or my stepmom every two weeks to make sure everything was good. They went on they went on trips to Europe. They went on trips to South America, and it was all part of the education experience. But as long as if my stepmom said this teacher isn't doing their job, teacher's done, or the teacher will just change. This kid should be getting a B. Kid get a B. For my siblings, it was an A. Why why do they have a B plus? Oh no, it's an A. Like that's, they're paying for right. what they want and they're steering it. And our current national administration doesn't fix any of that because that's kind of like, why can't you buy everything? So, I mean, I, I think the private school versus public school is a huge thing. Private schools, you never come in with as much knowledge I've found. You know, we have a lot of athletes that go to that other, not the one that's here right. and not the one. In I know the, what you're talking about. Okay. And they go there because they're recruited and they, 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 90% of them come back because the education is, is crappy. Yeah. Um, we also have a, a, a fine and practical arts school in our, in our county. And it's basically semi-private because they have to pay like 10000 or five or $10,000 a year uh, as a donation to go to that school. And if we have kids from our school that go there, they always come back. 
The kids that stay there are the ones that went in from like eighth grade and they went right in there and then they stay because they don't know what our schools can do. All right, our last topic then okay. is going to be charters. Woo! Or is that too heavy? No. Want to come back to that? No. Charter schools are um, in our area. Okay, first of all, explain to our audience what charters are. Um, charters schools are schools under your either county or local district officially but really they are focused on they're, they're done by an outside company they hire their own teachers they hire their own administrators but that district has to provide a space for them they have to provide a facility right funding on any level they, they get funding okay they get they get their they get their ada like a like a public school get their ada um but they can pay their teachers whatever they want and basically negotiate contracts hire whoever they want right um, and, and what what control does that school district have over the charter school? Nothing, almost nothing. Yeah, almost nothing. So they, can you give us an analogy? What would that be analogous to? It, it's 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 a public private school. No, no, just com something completely unrelated where we can have oh, our Jesus, our Jesus. Yeah, no, no, it's not like Jesus. It is a um, it's it's a, a very weak version of a. UPS, let's say. Okay. Because uh, United States Postal Service is, is not really the government, but controlled by the government. And then it's kind of an offshoot of that. But it, it's as if the U.S. Postal Service had to fund part of UPS to give them a little chunk of that thing, I guess. I okay. I fucking came up with you. Yeah. Where I put you on the spot. Except for it's a UPS, it's more like. How about if we use like a sports analogy? How about if we use like uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers? Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a, a baseball team. In the Dodgers organization, right? Right. That the Dodgers have what? No control over. No control over. over. No control. But the Dodgers have to provide funding and a facility. Yeah. For, for it's that like saying, team. okay, here are, here are four minor league facilities Dodgers have. Oh shit, we want to be a charter version. We have to give you one of those facilities. And so they've been in our district, they have taken over facilities because we, we are required to provide them with. A facility so we have some elementary schools with low enrollment and so we have to move those kids out and the charter school goes in there and they can do whatever the fuck they want and charter schools in our district and in most districts fail because they don't have the history of understanding how to control that environment teachers leave teachers come in and it, we have one in particular families thought it was awesome and um, they go in there for a couple of years and they're like, this is terrible. Then they leave, but we still have to keep providing funding for them. And they just suck. They just suck the funding out of our district to do that. So what's your biggest argument opposed that would oppose the growth of charter schools nationally? Okay. So the main thing that I would compare that to is a lot of initiatives that have been put forward to fund the vouchers. Okay. Right. It's basically a voucher system that's totally approved. So I get it if you're in a super low income area um, and they're like, hey, there's a private school you can go to and we're going to give you, instead of taking the tax dollars and, and, and put them to the, to the public schools, we're going to give you that equivalent for your own kid to be able to go. So that's a voucher system. I get vouchers if you're in PS 121 in New York where it's just so low income and you could take that voucher and go to private school that has, but the key with that they can kick you out. And, and don't have with the voucher, school. it doesn't cover enough of the... No, nothing. The cost. Nothing. So, so in our area, you know, middle, middle, middle income area, 
these people want vouchers because they want to go to their Christian school, their Catholic school. They want to go to their, their, their it, it would be publicly funded Jesus education, right? And I get, like I said, I get it. New York PS 121, go, okay, go to your private school. It's better. If your kid can act well, we'll give you, we'll pay for your uniforms. You go there. Great. In our area, what the fuck? We have the highest public schools in the, the, the California, which is better than most of the United States. And you want to you want to publicly fund these kids to go to their 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 Catholic school, so I, it's kind of like that with charter schools. In that, yeah, okay, so now you want your private school paid for by public funds. That's what it is. It's a voucher system. Bigger, it's bigger for the whole group of people. Yeah. So and again, no standards. Right. No oversight, really. No oversight. No standards. There's no one to go in and, and observe them, check them, anything. They can hire whoever they want. They can fire whoever they want. And they can, they can, you can negotiate salaries. Um, I, I mean, I was um, recruited to a Jewish school uh, in by one of our favorite uh, golf coaches. Um, and they're like, hey, they're going to pay you all this crazy money. You seem to go there. But no, I like, I like public school. So um, anyway, we should probably wrap it up. Okay. Um, there's a lot of change. I think some of it is good and some of it is terrible. I think the uh, overinflation of grades is my number one. A crazy thing. The average is now a B, and everyone gets a bonus point, so it's really an A. Um, for me, colleges are just getting duped, and eventually they're going to work it out. Three or four years from now, they're they're not going to accept those two kids at NYU because now they realize that four point two wasn't really a four point two. Yeah, it's more like a three point seven, and they don't deserve they don't belong there anyway. So, and um, and I'll, my final thought will be, and and this could kind of be a segue into our next cast. I was reading something, um, I think it was just yesterday or this morning, I, I can't remember, um, some education publication about in the state of California, districts that have gone on strike. Oh. And, and, and here's, oh. I, I just reduced it down to this. When should public school teachers ever have to strike in this country? And the answer is never. Never. And that's well, our I, topic for next Can I add next something time. to that? Sure. I don't know about you, but as a public school teacher, I think I get paid very well. I don't, I'm not the one that go out there and say, I need $200,000 a year. In our district, what we get paid, I am perfectly happy with how we get paid. So, but we'll go on. We'll talk about strikes. Right. Because we've been there. Yes. We've, we've been on the line before. Um, we'll talk about striking. And yes, you're right. Kid, teachers should be paid a professional wage. Yes, they should. Uh, in every district. So, and ours is one of the lower paying ones for our area. So, L'chaim. L'chaim. Uh, by the way, this is the, uh, this is day eight. Is this day eight? This is, turn that towards the camera a little I, bit. I thought we were getting close. Yeah, this is, this is the last day of Hanukkah. So okay, our so. candles aren't burning down the house. We're doing this here. Cheers with the menorah. Cheers. With the menorah. With the menorah. Yeah. Here we go. L'chaim, people. All of our episodes can be seen on YouTube. Just search for Howie and Boyd. And heard on iTunes Podcast, Stitcher, Google Podcast, Spotify, Podbean, and hopefully soon on iHeartRadio. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the individual host and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any other agency, organization, employer, or company. Assumptions made in the dialogue, banter, conversation, 
are not reflective of the position of any other entity than the hosts and or their guest. Our work is original. Similarities to previously published material is coincidental. All the content has not been inspired by nor is based on any other podcast, blog, magazine, article, nor any book, and therefore we regret the resemblance with any of the aforementioned and would like to assure you that it was unintentional. Moreover, we do not intend to be offensive towards anyone who listens to this podcast. If anything said can be perceived as hurtful to any community or person, we extend our sincere apologies, but that was not the purpose in broadcasting said podcast. Language and or topics discussed in this podcast may not be suitable for children, so please preview in advance of the family road trip.